0: What's up, all you motorcycle enthusiasts? Welcome to another episode of the V-Twin Life, where we talk motorcycles powered by those V-Twins and what fuels our passion and why we enjoy them so much. So let's twist the throttle get into today's episode. This one's going to be fun. Today we got One Rhino. You can check him out on Instagram. I've been a follower of his for quite a while. The guy's photography... It's just absolutely amazing, and the guy has the passion for two wheels and lives in a beautiful country, well, I guess you could say beautiful area of our country, down in Utah, where he just has some amazing photography opportunities and
1: has quite the page, so you guys check him out, and we're going to dive into this episode.
0: What's going on, Rhino?
1: Oh, not much. So, yeah, I just want to say, yeah, thank you, honored to be on your show, glad what you're doing for the motorcycle community, you know. Help and inspire other people to go out and ride and, you know, do what, do what we do. So you know, thank you for the opportunity. Hey, thank
0: you. Absolutely. I'm honored to, you know, you respond to the message and we're eager to want to do one and shoot to me. That's just awesome. You know, freaking cool. And I get excited also. Yeah, definitely. So let's, let's dive in. So what are you currently riding now?
1: I'll let everybody know. Uh, so what I'm currently on now is a 2020 road Glide special. Um, you could pretty much say it's basically a limited because I, I rock the tour pack and then, um, I, I'm not fully sold on lowers. So I use soft lowers, which are pretty good compromise because you know, the early mornings, you just throw them on, they're just like Velcro and zipper. And then, uh, and then you just take them off in the afternoon when it heats up and then you're back to a regular bike. But, um, the bike is, yeah, the 2020 uh, road glide special. And, uh, I have to say, yeah, the difference between the road glide and the street glide, that road glide is like a razor in the wind. Uh, it just cuts right through everything really pleased with that for sure.
0: Yeah, I noticed that same thing. I got caught in some hellacious wind through the Columbia down between Washington, and Oregon, and they do that wind with that frame-mounted solid fairing, man. They cut through the wind. Freaking nice.
1: I don't know if I'm fully sold on the look, <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, I've heard it's kind of a look a mother has to love, the, the shark fairing. Um, the shark nose. Yeah, I think um, I'll always love – the electric glide look that will always be like deep in my my soul that's like my bike but for the riding I actually do uh I need a road glide um it really does the heavy miles excellent it just it, Utah is high desert so there's a lot of crosswinds you'll come out of a gorge and then it'll just be a big open plain and you're always catching yourself in crosswinds and that road glide does amazing. We've had several windy days when I've since I've got it, and it has just been phenomenal, um, as far as killing the miles. That one fourteen um, was really good motor. Really happy with it.
0: Awesome. Now, so you're down in what central Utah's your kind of your home range?
1: Yeah, I'm about smack in the middle of Utah, so I'm, I can pretty much go to either end. It's about four hours.
0: The nice thing you, you spent a, a number of years on on your electric glide, so you really get the full comparison going from the bat wing to the old shark nose.
1: Yeah, I had a 09 uh, electric glide, and uh, that yeah, I love that bike. I did so many miles on that thing. Uh, slept on the side of the road with that thing so many times. It was just yeah, my baby, just like a dog or or. I don't know a kid. (laughs) I I love that bike. Um, and yeah, it was a 96 cubic inch and I ended up doing it last winter. I I did a big bore kit on it to a one Oh three and really just dumped a lot of money into it last winter. I dumped about five grand, uh, just redid the brakes tires, just really got that thing souped up for this year to lay down some heavy miles. Um, so it, it did great all the way up until July, but yeah, good bike. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, if you don't follow, he was in quite
0: the uh, accident in July.
1: Yeah, yeah, I took a spare tire head on. Um, and it was, yeah, kind of a crazy incident when it happened. Um, it just happened really quick, but luckily the bike didn't go down. Uh, when the spare tire hit us, we were doing 70. I'm not sure how, Jesus. how fast that tire was, but it hit kind of right between my front tire and the crash bar and it blew out my front brakes instantly and it also blew off my shifter um but luckily we didn't go down and i i think that to already being on the road on a warm day and then I also in brand new tires um but since it blew out my front brakes and i couldn't downshift i just held in the clutch and you know brand new brakes on it the, the rear brakes stopped us okay but it, it bent. My front tire so bad. I had a wobble all the way down to two miles an hour where it was just done. It was just hobbled to its death pretty much. Um, but yeah, that was the end of the bike. <laughs> yeah.
0: Telling you what though, to keep it upright in a situation like that is
1: freaking amazing. Um, yeah, it was, I didn't have, like I said, I didn't have time to think other than I had my girlfriend on the back and the only thought that really went through my mind other than, realizing what was going to hit us was just keep it up, you know, don't go down. And luckily we were, like I said, we were coming out of a corner. So when it hit us, it was kind of the opposite direction. It was kind of a good thing where I was positioned wise. I was already at a opposite leaned angle when it hit us. So it, it worked out good. Yeah. So we walked away and that was was important.
0: Yeah. I guess the only good thing of, you know, being at that angle, then, then, Like I said, walking away from an incident like that is pretty rare. I I really want to narrow down and think about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was was a weird feeling, uh, you know, because I I knew my bike was really toast at that moment. I didn't have confirmation that it was totaled, but, you know, I kind of knew it was. But uh, I would gladly burn a 30 grand bike to the ground just to walk away if that's what it meant, you know. Uh, it's... Oh, I absolutely, I'd agree with that statement. Yeah, especially when it's having a, a passenger on back, you know, uh, health as well, been able to, yeah, function every day is important. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah a, a bike can re- be replaced, but uh, a human life is another story. It's not so easy to
1: replace. Yeah, I mean, and that's exactly what happened. I, I was down the whole month of July, and then finally, um, at the end of July, yeah, I, I'm an electrician. I I did a Harley-Davidson in Logan, Utah, um, made real good friends with those guys up there. And luckily, uh, yeah, the time came where I needed a new bike and they they did me right. Um, Mike there, Logan Saddleback, Harley-Davidson, he just is a good guy. If you go there, tell him I sent you because, yeah, he's the man. Um, but great customer service. It was worth going three hours out of my way just to buy the bike from those guys. And yeah, got a brand new bike, and it fits my needs better than the old one. I'm I'm falling in love with it, but the old one, well, yeah, that will always be a, a broken piece of my heart.
0: <laughs> yeah, you always carry that one
1: with you. Yeah, um, just one of those.
0: How many miles did you have on your old one?
1: Um, I did. It was somewhere around 40. So. Well,
0: but then yeah, you kind of. Give you know, freshened up the engine a little bit over winter, but still had some good
1: miles on it. Oh, yeah, I definitely did. I actually laid more miles on my first bikes that I had. I had a Yamaha V Star 1100, and then I went to a Yamaha um, Road Star 1300. And those two bikes, I murdered them. I put so many miles on those two bikes, it's ridiculous. That Road Star, I put 30,000 on it, and one summer, I uh, Yeah. And I didn't, that whole year, I didn't even stop riding. I just rode all the way through January. I just bundled up, looked like that kid off of uh, a Christmas story, but I just, yeah, (laughs) just dedicated to ride.
0: Um, Dude, I've always been impressed with the road stars. They had a, a good sound. If you get a good set of exhausts on them, mm -hmm. they had an impressive sound note to come out of them.
1: Yeah. They weren't bad. I mean, My only problem with Yamaha was electrical problems. Other than that, I went, yeah, I, I put thousands of miles on them. So, but the, the difference when I hopped on a Harley was definitely huge. Uh, It's kind of like the Harley is calibrated for the road more. It just felt more solid and centered in comparison to the Yamahas. Uh, Yamahas were a lot more fun in some sense, um, cause I would just hard on them, go on crazy dirt roads and just go camping on them. Um, and I don't really do that on the Harley as much. <laughs> it's hard to go down, the dirt <laughs> in, but especially that new one. Ooh. But, yeah, um, I bet. Yeah. So what's your, one of
0: your favorite areas that, that, you know, really speaks to your heart for riding in Utah?
1: I would have to say Capitol reef. Um, if you're riding through Utah, uh, there's an area through Capitol Reef into Escalante. Um, just epic. Escalante, the, there's a whole the – whole, all of southern Utah pretty much all ties together. And if you got the time, you can hit all of them in a row. And no matter what direction you're going, east to west, west to east, um, it's going to be epic. It, just the views – and the landscape that Utah has to offer is just, yeah, I I can't say it enough. It was enough to, for me to inspire me to buy a camera to just show people, you know, hey, this is, this is where I go. This is what I see. And what I see is just oh, epic. Um, but I would say Caneville in Utah. It's not really talked about, um, but if you can ride through Caneville into – Capital Reef, it is just epic desert highway. You'll feel like you're in a movie. <laughs> so highly recommend it.
0: That'd be awesome. Like, you know, like talking in the intro, I mean, I've I followed your page for a while. And we'll say, you know, the the pictures you take and the scenery down, down there is freaking phenomenal.
1: It's impressive. No, thank you. I appreciate that Uh, it makes
0: a guy want to get on the bike and just head down there now it wasn't so
1: freaking cold (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm right in the middle utah is a high desert so we get it the weather changes by the hour you never know what you're really going to get it's going to be cold or hot um and yeah utah is definitely yeah
0: it's kind of like the. yeah it's kind of like the weather i get up here i live at the base of the olympic mountains and it can be nice and sunshiny an hour later it can be raining and blowing sideways and it's clear. And yeah, the weather's pretty unpredictable when you got the mountains, uh, Ken with right behind you. That's
1: uh, the advantage of having a bagger is you're able to carry all that gear, um, and be okay for those situations. I, I think that's what I appreciate about the bagger the most. And I realized that over the years riding is not only am I old an old man now, but, but I, I I ride the bagger cause uh, you can stuff all that stuff in there, the rain gear, the heated gear. Uh, and so you can peel it off or put it on and go cruise those long miles. But, Very true. Yeah.
0: I found a handy thing I use on a, you know, me and the wife went on a short trip weekend trip here. I don't know a month ago, you know, it, we're pretty loaded down. We're leaving all the stuff and, you know, she ends up finding some malls or so she does a little bit of shopping and having a couple stuff sacks in your saddlebag or you like, I keep them in the little pocket in my tour pack, you know, stuff, some stuff that she bought in there. And then with the, I have the luggage rack on the top of my tour pack and throw the bungee net over it. And mm-hmm. Those stuff sacks and come in handy and they take up no room to, you know, going in your bags where you can strap more stuff down. Oh, yeah. You know, if you acquire more things that you got room for. And the other thing I like, I have, they're called lid haulers. They're leather covers that go over my saddlebag lids yeah. and they actually have two straps on them where I've put a sleeping bag in one side before I've had my bedroll strapped on the lid of the other saddlebag. Those things are pretty freaking nice and handy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That would be handy. Especially if you're carrying a tent and camping gear. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Being two up. Yeah. It's crazy how fast you'll fill a bike up with two riders. Um, that's very true. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, my wife says I get one saddlebag. She gets a tour pack and the other one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I kind of just give the tour pack up and I take the saddlebags over. So, but, um, are
0: you running a full size tour pack or are you running a chop pack? So,
1: it's crazy. Um, so, on my 09 Electric Glide, I, I dumped a ton of money into it, to it uh, last winter. And so, like, I got the, the seat I had on that 09, I ended up switching it out to the saddleman and then I did the Tor Pack cover as well. And so the one nice thing having that 09, that newer frame, um that seat and Tor Pack swapped right over to that 2020 road glide, no problem. Um
0: oh nice. Oh yeah.
1: So it, that was that was really cool too. Is before I pulled that bike off the showroom floor, I put on that Tor pack and that saddleman seat and it just oh it looked good. <clears throat> but the one thing I noticed with the older Tor pack on the new bike it sat lower, almost kind of just more stockier looking. But um, I had a really nice clean gray pinstripe down my uh, luggage rack. So it, it just looked clean when it was all put together. Yeah. So I'm just running them.
0: I said my dad did that with his – he got a 2019, and he went with the uh, chop Tour Pack on mm-hmm. it. He really likes it, but yeah, I had the full-size one, and I like the extra room. Mm-hmm. I like the bigger one, you know, for me, it just, it works. I've, I've taken mine off a couple of times, but I'm so used to having it on there that it just, I take it off and just seems a bike
1: just looks weird naked without it. I'm not used to it. Same. I'm in that same boat. The girlfriend ride with me so much now. I, I just, yeah, I just leave it on because I, I got a little backrest like a sissy bar, but I don't like it. I'd rather just do the tour pack and have all the stuff I can throw in it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I could go to a chop one. I just carry too much stuff with me. Just
0: Yeah, me too. I agree. <laughs> I'm
1: a pack rat. But I don't know.
0: Well that goes somewhere. I mean, I know I can fit two twelve packs and an eighteen pack in my tour pack just fine. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, stay stay good that way. So, so, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. So how many miles you got on your new one now? Um, I think since uh, August, we only put on I'm somewhere around 3,000 miles on it. I mean, That's not bad. You know, I, I would like to do more. I up, what's crazy though is I upgraded my Legend, my sus, rear suspension to Legends and they already went out on me. Uh, so I'm waiting on a replacement pair from Harley. So I haven't really been riding it. It's kind of weird uh, if you've had air suspension Dang. and like when And the air goes out, and it kind of like bottoms out. Yeah, that's what those legends were doing to me. It was really a trip for it. I didn't expect that happening with a brand new shock, but I took it to Harley. They were like, "Yep, it really is these shocks that are are bottoming out," and Legends sending me out a new pair. But um, I don't know how much. Man, that sucks. For
0: I mean, those aren't you know, legends are. It's supposed to be some great quality and they're not cheap but at least they're standing behind it and yeah. you know getting you some new ones For
1: real I think that was like my initial feeling was like oh my gosh these are like have great yeah reputation and they're expensive uh well for me they were but um yeah to have them the oh dude place. I agree I mean I would <laughs> like
0: to get some too but I look at that price take on I was like man I don't know if I can do that
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but when they honored it and said they're sending out a new pair it just it eased that feeling and went, okay, these guys are respectable. I definitely will stand behind them. And I will say they were phenomenal shocks. I did put uh 2000 miles on them heavy, just loaded up tour pack and saddlebags really trying to get the last of summer. Um, we took some really big rides. We, uh, I think we're doing just thousand mile weekends. Um, pretty much close to it was around 700 to 800 on some of those trips. So, is. Did you go with the Revo A's? I did. I did. 13-inch. Uh, I'm six I'm 6'2", and then I'm kind of a heavier guy. I'm about 230. So those ended up being pretty good.
0: Yeah, those are the ones I I looked at, but I don't know if I'll be able to pull the trigger on them this year. See, my road Glide we... I took off the stock road glide watch, not me. My dad did before I got it and actually swapped out the rear suspension off a street glide, which lowered it
1: just a little bit
0: and gave it a little bit more of a, a little bit more stance, I guess you could say to the road. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I regret, I took off my stock shocks and I ended up selling them and I regret it, but the guy that bought it had a road King and yeah, I'm sure he loved having brand new 2020 shocks on his, uh, Yeah. 14 road glide. I'm not road glide, but road king. So, yeah, yeah, I bet. <laughs> but uh, anyway, but what year was... so you got any big
0: plans? I'll oh, go ahead. I have to say, what year was your road glide? Mine's an 04. 04. Yeah, what's size was it? a little bit bigger? Yeah, uh, it had it came with an 88, but it's been upgraded to a 95. Got the 252 gear-driven cams in it, the slip-ons, intake's been done. It's pretty healthy. It's got a nice lope to it. Yeah,
1: it does. Uh say it is a good-looking bike, man. I've checked it out. So, Thank you. Yeah, definitely. That's cool that you got it uh, up to a 95, too. Bet you really enjoy it.
0: Yeah, it, it does help a little bit. And, you know, gonna, my plan is to see how far it can go, and then we'll figure out. I, would, I wouldn't mind doing the 103, mm-hmm. But I've seen so many people with the, you know, the eighty-eight where it, it started at,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the mileage they'll go. I mean, I've seen guys that really haven't had to tear into them, and they're at close to two hundred thousand miles on.
1: Yeah, it. it's a solid bike. I'd leave it too, in all honesty. So, I, yeah, it's one of those bikes that you just keep forever, and you, if you want another bike, you just buy another bike. So yeah that's
0: what i'll do mine will get handed down to one of my one of my boys because i mean this one was you know my dad was the original owner and now now i got it and it's one of those that'll stay in the family and i've i've enjoyed the miles i mean i'm at one hundred one thousand on it right now actually 101.5 no, awesome. it's been great no
1: that's awesome too.
0: you know keep up on all the keep up on all the maintenance do all the you know keep up on the fluid changes and mm-hmm pretty fortunate like my dad's shop you know we got the bike lift we got our own tire changer so we can change our own tires you know do all the all the maintenance and everything ourselves and it's fun you know still you know my dad joy still wrenching on it and it's just fun to go up and you know hang out in the shop and me and dad have a good time oh no,
1: that's awesome man that you got that relationship with your dad and your boys and that you can pass your bike on and uh, yeah i wish i was able to ride with my dad or spend the time with him before he passed uh so, yeah, I'm definitely jealous of that, that you're able to do that. That's that's awesome, man. Um, but I was going to ask you, everyone has a different – everyone says different, but when do you do your oil changes?
0: I do mine about between three and 5,000 on, on the engine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'll go 10,000 on the tranny and then 10 to 15 on my primary. But I've gone away from running synthetic in my – in the engine itself mm-hmm. – just because of the mileage, I mean, mine's got a little bit higher mileage and I find that it'll just kind of that synthetic will want to end up going out the exhaust. I mean, I don't burn oil. You don't see the smoke, but if I run synthetic in the engine, it just seems to to use a bit more where if I use conventional, yeah, I don't go through hardly much oil at all. And I'll, I run the synthetic in my tranny, but I went to the higher, I run 75, 140, the heavy duty AMS oil in my transmission. Mm-hmm. And then I run around eighty five. What did I go with last time? Eighty five, one twenty ish. I went with the Bell Ray primary oil, but I went away from the synthetic because I I battled my drain plug. I even bought a new one, a new drain plug, mm-hmm. new gaskets, and I could not get the synthetic oil to quit seeping out my drain plug. Yeah. I'd park somewhere overnight, and I'd come out, and I'd have a couple drips, and I changed the oil. I mean, I went and bought another primary gasket. I changed O-rings and nothing would work. So my dad said he had that problem. He goes, you know, run, you know, conventional, find some, you know, non-synthetic primary oil, yeah, which, which that took a little bit of looking. And I went to a non-synthetic primary and now I don't, I don't have a drip whatsoever. It doesn't leak what any out the primary, but and I run synthetic, and that stupid thing will drip and irritate the holy shit on me.
1: <laughs> no, I, I've heard that, and the higher miles, it's good to yeah run conventional for sure. So, but I think when I first got a Harley, that was like my first question, and then everyone had a different answer, and I was most confused by that the most. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah and, and I've seen that same thing in different groups and forums.
0: Everybody, you know, oh, you know, you got to run all synthetic; it's the best there is. Mm-hmm. Well. You know, for certain applications, sure, it might be, but for, you know, my application with my bike, it doesn't like it whatsoever. So yeah. I've just gone to, you know, I keep the synthetic, I run in the tranny, and the other ones I run conventional. But I I noticed going to the higher weight in my transmission really got, the shifting is a lot easier, mm-hmm. and I don't have that big Harley-Davidson clunk that they have when you put it in gear. Yeah. yeah. And it really helped to quiet down my
1: transmission. Yeah, did it out yeah um, a lot that's awesome man um I was gonna say I listened to your podcast the other day and you were debating you were talking about heated gear and uh I was yeah. gonna tell you man you should definitely go for it <laughs> it's uh,
0: I might hear in the future since I mean my bike's all plumbed and wired for it because my dad had the heated the heated jacket and then he had gloves made that plugged into his jacket mm-hmm. and all the plugs are there he even put a little thermostat control on the side and it's all set up for it I I haven't done it yet, but I think I will in the near future get some because that would definitely make, you know, the the fall time riding. Because, you know, for me, I mean, if it's not snowing or raining, man, I'd rather ride my bike around, do what I have to do than drive my truck. That's man, I think
1: that's the hardest part about winters. You'll have a nice blue sunny day, but it's so cold outside and it's icy roads that you just can't go on your bike. Um, but something I learned over the years, though, like I, I rode – lot at night and i got cold i i don't know i put myself through hell quite a bit and i finally broke down last winter and bought the heated jacket and oh my gosh uh the comfort level just immense so i i definitely an old man but i i recommend the heated jacket so yeah
0: yeah and i have the well, God, my Joe Rocket coat's old. I think I've had it for 20 years. I got the Joe Rocket Ballistic. I think it's a 5.0, the touring coat, which has the down liner in it. I have the matching pants. It'll zip into the back of the coat, and they do help quite a bit. When it's super cold, I have a really nice heavy Columbia fleece. It's not super thick, mm-hmm. but it is warm. There are times, and you know, I'll wear that under my coat, and it'll keep me comfortable. But I think that heated gear would make a
1: huge difference. Yeah. It's just uh, for me, it was to be able, to not wear so much stuff. Like I could re- dress more lighter. I had more movement and I felt more natural on the bike instead of like, I'm wearing three coats and I'm stiff. <laughs> so. Then that's a, a valuable point. And, you
0: know, probably a lot of people don't think of as exactly what you just said, you're not having to bundle up so much. And you do have
1: more free yeah, movement. going in corners and all of that. <laughs> yeah. Cause you lose, uh, yeah, all your you get restricted and you can't ride like you normally would. Um but also too, I, I thought it was nice just to have the heated jacket because it made my hands warm. I don't have heated grips and I don't really I was just gonna ask you that if you had no, the heated grips. I don't I, I thought about it putting on the handlebars because I tell you what, pulling those wires through new handlebars suck. But uh <laughs> uh Yeah, having a heated jacket, it's enough to really just heat your core and your blood will just start flowing to all the cold areas in your hands just they're one of them and i thought that was probably the nicest i just used the thrashing supply uh regular gloves and i'm able to still ride in 50 degree weather no problem so anyway yeah 50 degree that's pretty common
0: up here like a friend of mine he actually because i had a really nice pair of what i call my my cold weather gloves and my son used them to go snow skiing with last year and they had one of the places he went had a rope toe and just shredded my gloves i'm like shoot <laughs> but then I, I a good buddy of mine who actually we did an episode here a while back um dustin mm-hmm. clark he had picked up a, I i think it's a 2012 ultra limited and when he got it i mean the guy gave him you know two riding coats helmets but he gave him like 10 pairs of gloves oh, it's like holy crap he's like dude you need some gloves i'm like well i know i have a few pairs so he ended up giving me another pair of harley davidson half Mm -hmm. gloves but he had a really heavy pair of winter motorcycle gloves and dude, those gloves he gave me they're probably i'll bet you they're 15 years old at least but holy god are they warm (laughs) when it's cold dude they're so nice my hands don't get cold whatsoever and that's the one thing with me if i don't got the right gloves i mean my hands and my toes are the thing i can't stand getting cold and these gloves he gave me are freaking amazing and the and these cooler temps it's
1: they're awesome oh, I love them. that's good yeah that's crazy they, they handed down that many gloves but yeah people they just get done riding and they they don't need the gear no more so they just sell it with the bike and oh yeah
0: when he got his i mean he got you know matching coats for him and his wife i believe there was two helmets the intercom system 10 pairs of gloves battery tender oh, bike cover and something else. I mean, he scored and all the stuff he got with it. There were so many accessories. Yeah, if you could
1: really luck out and find the guy that's retiring from the, the riding life, that's that's the way to hit it. Because, I mean, yeah, it can be someone like me who doesn't have kids and eventually I'm going to hit an age where I'm going to be like, you know what? i got to sell this stuff because I'm too old for it. The trike ain't cutting it. i got to just get done with the biker life and everything's just going to go with it. So, yeah, it's just if you can luck out and get that guy <clears throat> when you're buying a yeah, I just don't ever want to be that guy in line. <laughs> No, I'll probably ride till I die. Like I said, I'll be I'll be rocking a <laughs> yeah. trike. As soon as I can't walk, I'll be rocking a trike. So you know. Oh, I agree. Get myself a nice layman. <laughs> so uh yeah, so you did a thousand mile one K in a day this year?
0: I did back in August. which was fun and it got me hooked on him. I think that's something I'm gonna I will definitely do one a year. It was a lot mm. of fun. You know, a lot of people think, it, you know, you're crazy to want to do that, but you, you get towards the end, whether you're watching, you know, like my said, watching my phone, I my Google Maps on and that clock starts ticking down to, you know, when you're your final destination yeah. and it really, you know, get you going again. And it was just fun to push yourself and see if you could do it. And I had, a, I had a blast doing it, you know, went through some country that I'd never seen before, which made that a lot funner too. And I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. That Ride 1K in a day, his format's pretty pretty user-friendly and a, a great program. The, the stuff he sends you once you're, you know, when you submit your ride paperwork and the certificate and the patches and stickers and, you know, the little Polaroid that he sends everybody. And it's pretty cool, the stuff you get back. And it's a, a cool group of guys that do it. and You know, I've got met a lot of friends on social mm-hmm. media and made more friends from it.
1: And it, it's no, a cool group. It's yeah. fun. Hats off to anyone who does it because that's, that's hardcore. I mean, you ride 500 miles in a day and you're beat the crap. So yeah, to, for people that do yeah. 1000, 1k in a day, that's just, that's hardcore riding, but that's cool. The whole experience about it is cool. Uh, even the Vong Asphalt, uh, doing it this year, doing 4k, 1k a day for four days, uh, I followed that.
0: That was freaking insane. I mean, I, I could see doing one, but yeah, he did four consecutive in a row, all the yeah. way cross country. Dude, that that was guy mad. is
1: a beast. <laughs> he is the man in black. He he's a sunset a sunset chaser, a mile crusher. Uh, yeah.
0: And then doing it on a bike. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. He rides that thing hardcore, man. Just kill those miles. I mean, the day he came and met up with me, he killed like. Just over five hundred miles, and they met up with me that night, and then we went for an evening ride. After that, and I was just like, "You're an animal, man!" Just to ride that much, and just yeah, that when I think of riders who inspire me to ride heavy miles, that guy is one of them. So, and yeah.
0: yeah, I followed his page and was following along on that ride. It's like, damn, that that dude's like you said, yeah, he's hardcore.
1: He he's a rider. <laughs>
0: I mean I, I did mine the next day I went and rode maybe two hundred ish and you know, which actually the next day I didn't feel that sore. I I wasn't bad. I mean I I have the Harley Davidson touring seat, which is actually pretty comfortable. Having that backrest is huge. I know definitely I need to upgrade my bars where I can I wanna go to ten or twelves and get that extra, you know, five to seven inches of pullback where I can really lean into my backrest to be a little bit more yeah. comfortable, but I wasn't that sore and
1: that uncomfortable the next day. Yeah. Well, you would be, which I was surprised myself. I was gonna say, I get that saddleman touring seat, and that thing has a reputation for being stiff. Um, and that I'd say that's true, <laughs> but I went about 5,000 miles on that seat before it really broke in. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, 200 miles in a day is still a good, good size ride. I say that's if I can just if I got a day off to where I can just cruise around and putt around and go check out somewhere, I like, I like. The average around 200 to 300 miles.
0: Oh, yeah. That makes for a nice afternoon night or even, you know, not so much afternoon, but a nice nice time spent on the bike. Get out and just enjoy it. One thing I noticed, you know, would follow along on, you know, that ride one cane a day, a lot of people that I've seen, they would start at like 7 or 8 in the morning. And I did the opposite. It's like I didn't want to finish late in the night, so I started mine at 3.30 in the morning. And that way I got to my destination by – you know, evening time. I I left Port Angeles at three thirty in the morning, and I got to Cuna, Idaho, which is just outside of Boise at like nine thirty mm-hmm. that night. I think it was, or you know, finished before I'm not in the middle of the night. And I think I, for myself, that worked out better for me, and I I enjoyed it doing that way. I think I'd rather nice. get up early, see the sun come up, and not ride even longer into the night and dark.
1: Uh, I'm totally that way. You're you're my kind of guy because I get up on the road about five a.m. Riding through the desert, I mean, by noon, you're in the 100-degree temperatures, you know, midsummer. Uh, even that last ride during Labor Day down in Arizona, we were upwards to, like, 114 um, in the the afternoon. It was mm. scorching hot. But, yeah, the secret for me is to just get up at 5 o'clock. I mean, get up and on the road by 5 o'clock. And then you're able to watch the sunrise. You're able to kill most of your miles there when it's cool and it's, yeah, shady. So, yeah, I'm definitely in it.
0: Yeah, which was cool. I was, I rode the high desert of eastern Washington watching the sun come up over the over the high desert. It was a beautiful sunrise that morning. And then, you know, heading through the mountains of northern Idaho watching the sunset as I was
1: getting down to Boise was freaking oh, yeah. beautiful. That's some of the best best moments is when the sun rises and the sun sets and you're on your bike. Yeah.
0: yeah. But, yeah, I did hit some good temperatures going through Idaho. And, you know, it was... I mean, the air temperature alone riding was around 105, and, you know, that temperature gauge on the Harleys, even, you know, with the ambient air temperature, I mean, that thing for about six hours was (laughs) pegged at 120. You get all that ambient heat coming off the road, and, it's like, every time I'd stop, I'm I'm chugging some water at every fuel stop, and I had a big, well, not the hydro flask. I got the hydro peak, which is, you know, a third of the price but it's a 40 ounce one. And then that night beforehand, I put eight water bottles in the freezer. I put them all in my little cooler that fit in my tour pack. So I I now you're going to get thirsty and, you know, took some snacks and some beef jerky I made and, you know, made sure I had plenty of fluids. And by the time I got to Idaho, I went through all that water. (laughs) Yeah. It's
1: amazing how fast you really go through it. And I don't think people really uh, plan for that or, you know, realize how much they really need to stay hydrated during a stop. I feel like I'm a, old man out there telling everybody, hey, you gotta drink some water. So, but. Yeah. And for me, following LM4Photo, when
0: he did one of his Instagram stories, when he was doing it, he's like telling you guys, you're feeling the bike, feel yeah. yourself. He goes, you know, fill the bike with gas, fill yourself with water, bottle of water at every stop. And it
1: yeah, true I mean, really. we stop a lot to go to the bathroom, but at the same time, yeah, it, it takes it out of you, riding the bike that long. So, yeah the is i didn't you know
0: i didn't stop as many times as i thought i would for bathroom breaks it was so freaking hot i'm just sweating but i was making sure i was drinking plenty of water but you know there's a few times i hit over in eastern western montana and it was so hot it's like i'm just gonna pull off you know you get a rest area and go sit in the shade mm-hmm. for a little while and just cool off for 10 or 15 minutes get a break off the bike and relax and then saddle back up yeah, and go for definitely. it
1: definitely that's always kind of cool too, when you're on a trip like that, where you do have the opportunity to take a nap somewhere that you, you know, you're not normally in that area. You know, if you got the time, and you are tired and, you know go sleep next to a river or under a tree or some take an hour nap, get back on the bike. That's, I've done that several times and that's been some of the best when I woke up and got back on the bike and just headed on down the road. Those are some of the best memories I have just, yeah cool
0: stuff Or what's cool traveling by bike you see something cool in an area that you haven't been to you don't need a whole lot of room to stop you can just you know it's easy to pull a motorcycle off on the side of the road or you know a little pit stop somewhere and you know like i said you know take a short siesta, or just enjoy the sights you know whether you're snapping a few oh, pictures yeah. or just want to take a break for a minute it's it's an easy way to travel it's a fun way to travel i think by motorcycles
1: been, i enjoy it Yeah, i'm addicted to it Man. I mean I'm, I'm, yeah just addicted to it
0: um so you got any uh big plans for trips you want to do or any road trips on your horizon for next um i
1: always do i always got a list going i think bear's tooth uh is on my list up in jackson hole Uh, it's kind of had that whole route go up through wyoming uh direction i want to do a big loop up there probably the first uh first of summer next year um maybe head out to born free if it really happens in 2021 that'd be cool to go out to an event i don't really do that so to to go to an event would be rad to go see people you normally don't see so um have you ever made sturges yet or
0: is that anything you you know that's on your your list of someday to Sturgis? check out
1: um you know, I'd yes. probably check it out on the off time. I, I'm not a big people person. Uh, it it does. I want to go to the Badlands, and like I said, I haven't been out that east on my bike, so I think that whole experience would be amazing and epic to put underneath my belt. Um, but as far as the whole Sturgis Rally, I don't know if I could be around that rowdy rowdy crowd that long. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, yeah, which I, I totally get it. Even like I said, I wouldn't mind seeing in the off either. go through Deadwood and, you know, like I said, the Badlands, Mount Rushmore, and there's a lot of stuff to see up there too. Yeah, for sure. Cool I would country. love to hit
1: all those stops. And then, yeah, just head out east and you had to tell the dragon that that looks amazing, something that would love to do. Um, yeah, good stuff.
0: Yeah, actually that one's on my list too, and I'd love to go by – uh Smoky Mountain Harley-Davidson go check out the man. Yeah, definitely, man.
1: I would do the same. If I was in that area, I would definitely do the same.
0: (laughs) It was fun. I had his episode is coming up next Wednesday. We did a, we talked the other night and did a, recorded an episode and he's a pretty cool dude. That one was, that was fun. And like I said, LM4 Photo, that guy was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I'll say both those
1: guys, I've been following them for some time and they're both just good dudes. You can just tell on their stories that they're just solid guys and it, they're just like us they just love riding and just living the dream and showing everybody what they do
0: yeah, yeah exactly you know that's why i've enjoyed following your page for so long all, all the you know your the motorcycle pictures you take it just makes a guy want to get out there and just ride even more and, and go and find these of, areas that's
1: what, that's what it's all about it's for fun. me so to hear that feedback that feels good man because i i really hope to just inspire other riders new riders old riders anybody j you know they get stuck in their rut where they're just not going anywhere. They're stuck in their hometowns ride and they can see that there's more out there. And yeah, if it inspires them to go get on their bike and just hit longer miles and hell yeah, my job's done for the day. So.
0: Or can just go rides, like, I like to call it. Yeah, definitely therapy. definitely
1: therapy.
0: You know, and it, it, it doesn't mean you got to go, you know, there are times where shoot, I might don't, you know, head out West 20 miles and do a little detour and, ride say 40 miles it doesn't mean a guy needs to go do two three four hundred you go get yeah. out there just do 20 30 40 miles and clear your head and come back and oh, definitely. Feel like it person. definitely
1: helps just to get it all out so i agree well sweet man this has
0: been fun you know i can't thank you enough for you know responding and, and wanting to do this this is i've been looking forward to to sitting down and Same man, yeah, to
1: honored to be on your show. Uh, thank you for having me, definitely appreciate it, man. And, um, yeah, thank you.
0: Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, but if you want to go check him out at 801rhino on Instagram, guys' photography skills are top notch. He's going to make you want to go take a trip and head down to Idaho. I know that Idaho, excuse me, Utah,
1: <laughs> yeah, head down to Utah for sure, yeah. We'll check out Bryce Canyon and oh, yeah. Capitol Reef. Moab. Yeah. Monument Valley, Mexican Hat, Zion, Arches. Arches. Yeah. They're all down there, all tied together. So, And then also, too, anybody that's coming through, if you got questions or need routes, just throw me a DM. I'll definitely show you the best route through Utah. Just tell me which way you're coming from, and I'll show you which direction you're heading, and I'll point out the best route. So just remember that
0: right on hey well thank you all for tuning in and listening feel free to hit that subscribe button and don't ever miss an episode new episodes will air every wednesday at noon pacific and this has been a lot of fun man hey thanks rhino thank you for coming on the conversation this has been awesome and yeah definitely
1: you have a great afternoon
0: yeah hey you too take care man we'll see you guys soon everybody stay safe have fun and enjoy those miles well, thank y'all for tuning in and listening to another episode. Hey, feel free to follow along on Instagram at the V Twin Life. And if you like this content, feel free to hit that subscribe button and never miss an episode. New episodes air every Wednesday at noon Pacific Standard Time. And feel free to follow along on my V Twin adventures at Dwoods96 on both Instagram and Facebook. If you share the passion for motorcycles, you want to be a guest. Shoot me an email at the Life at gmail.com or hit me up here on Instagram. So until next time. Enjoy the open road, guys. Ride safe. Have fun.